This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 529 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Doug Finley, his company, Finley Wealth Advisors. Doug, how you doing? I'm doing great, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Well, thrilled to have you. And when it comes to good neighbors, you know, there's nothing like a good neighbor that just kind of keeps an eye on our financial well-being, right? Because that could wreak havoc if uh, it's all not in the right hands. So looking forward to learning about what you guys are doing at Finley Wealth Wealth Advisors. So let's start there. Tell us about your company. Okay. Um, It's kind of a technical explanation when we tell people what we do, but I will try and break it down a little bit. Um, A fee-only boutique wealth management RIA firm. Um, we we're designed to work with the retired middle-class millionaire. We're involved in all aspects of financial planning, investment management, um, paying particular attention to tax efficient asset distribution and the management of the assets. However, I think Charlie, to tell you about our business, I think it's important to also tell you what we're not, mm-hmm. um, in the financial services industry, you typically have insurance agents, broker dealers or registered investment advisory firms, which is what we are. Um, Insurance agents are selling annuities and life insurance as investments. Um, We believe that, you know, you should use insurance for insurable risks and not use illiquid and and expensive options for your investments. So uh, we would tend to tell people to steer away from the annuities and the insurance on on the investment side. then there's your broker dealers or brokers that they sell products to, to clients for commission. Um, another big distinction between those brokerage firms and, and us are that RAAs such as our firm are bound by the highest fiduciary standard, which brokers are not, which means we must in all times do what is in our client's best interest legally. We're legally bound to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And you can break it down even further into the RIA firms, registered investment advisory firms, Then they can be either fee only like our firm. We have no mechanism to receive commissions or other misaligned compensation of any sort, or it could be fee based, meaning they're still eligible to receive commissions from their clients, either through a, a broker dealer relationship or through the sale of insurance products. Um, we believe fee only and fiduciary are the really the two minimum qualities people should look for when choosing an advisor. Um, we have a whole page on our website on how to choose an advisor, resources, what the decision points are, what's important important to look for um, when you do that. So you're kind of swimming upstream a little bit in that you know what you do is is really the almost the opposite of what the the going if i have it right kind of financial planning uh, system involves or yeah I, I would say that we were fiduciary before it was cool yeah <laughs> before yeah. anybody knew what it was um it wasn't until several years ago that we really started growing like gangbusters when people started realizing the difference between fiduciary you know they they assumed that financial advisors were always required to act in their best interest legally. And that just was not the case. Meaning you can bet the advisor can benefit more than the client from a transaction. That's how historically 
the system was set up. But that's not the case for RIAs. They're under a different law. They're not brokers. They're not selling products on behalf of another company. They're they're just selling their advice to the client. Uh, okay. So is independent kind of the, a, a good term to to categorize or is it different than that? Yes, that's actually one of the the uh, four characteristics that we say to look for in a financial advisor, um, but above independent because you could actually be an independent broker working okay. for a, a uh, broker dealer. So it's it's a really oh, muddy yeah. environment out there that to, to, to <laughs> truly understand takes a little homework. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, it's great that, that you explain it on the website. And, and uh, I know you do some other things to help get that, that messaging and that education out, which is great uh, because I think it's an important message to get out there because I, I'm sure a lot of your clients today, back when you first started working with them, they, they didn't know what they didn't know, right? That this was even an option. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would yeah. say that most people can't get into the weeds enough to really kind of separate out the difference that it's just a simple financial advisor is a financial advisor, mm. um, even today. But we're, we're starting to see, you know, some, some daylight coming in yeah. and, and to, to see that the industry is, is really starting to uphold it a more professional standard than it had in the past yeah. other than a sales profession. Yeah. So then that leads us to Doug, you know, your path, tell us a little bit about your journey into this field. Well, I initially got a degree in finance and thought that I would go into corporate finance. Um, I sent out some applications and by chance, my, one of my applications ended up in the wrong mailbox. <laughs> so it's a very interesting story. I I thought I would would never want to be a stockbroker. That was the one thing I wouldn't do with my finance degree. Mm. Ended up in the mailbox. Um, so I ended up in the industry by chance. Mm. I interviewed with the company. Um, they thought it was a great fit. I thought it was interesting. You know that I could help people. Um, my my thought on how to help people was more on the financial planning. Um, I ended up with a brokerage firm and learned some lessons. Um, I fell into it, but you know, I've been in, in the industry for almost 25 years and that's because it has been engaging. Um, there's always something it's ever changing landscape. You know, when you're dealing with humans and their money, mm. whenever money's involved, people exhibit all kinds of non-rational behaviors. Um, I find it fascinating the way our minds will unintentionally steer us wrong. So kind of my, for the past few years, I've been delving into behavioral finance and how, how we make our decisions. And so there's in this field, you can take it in so many different directions that if you're intellectually curious, um, yeah. you can keep yourself busy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Very, very interesting. What about when it comes to mis misconceptions, I'm sure there are quite a few. Uh, what what comes to mind? A, a point or two that you can talk to talk to us about. The big one is I call it the mythical investment guru, or commonly called the active manager. Um, there is little evidence that investors, professional or amateur, can reliably benefit by trying to outguess market prices and time the markets. Our brains are designed to 
to make us want to do that and, and trick us into believing that, that we're doing well. But, um, in reality, you know, when, when all boats are rising, I hear people, they're happy. They're, they're, they're doing it on their own and, and they're, and they're doing extremely well. Um, but it's when all those boats start falling that, you know, they realize, oh, either that or they had missed opportunities that they were doing well, but they could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the preponderance of the evidence from decades of rigorous research consistently suggests that active managers outperform the indexes no more than would be statistically expected by random chance. <laughs> and that's a big statement. I mean, you, you do the math. I've seen the math. And you would expect a certain number to outperform. And that's, it's pretty darn close to that number Hmm. within a percent. Right. Right. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's good to know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So what about outside of the business? What are you doing for fun? Um, well, you know, I, I don't know how to answer that yet. I have to get back to you when I retire. <laughs> but truthfully, I'm an avid reader and I spend a lot of time with my family. Um, I'm really dedicated to the family. So that's whatever they want to do is usually what we end up doing. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're reading, is it typically finance related or do you throw in a, a fun uh, novel or book here and there? How's that go? I'll be honest. It's usually really boring stuff. I'm a... I'm a member of Mensa, so I'm I'm an official nerd, and wow. I like I like the uh, I've I've been reading the past several years. I've been reading a lot about how the brain works and how we make decisions, our decision making, and all the research behind that. Um, just find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's funny. I've been reading a book, uh, and because I, I just started it, I I couldn't even tell you the author's name, but it's about rethinking. You know, and it it gets into how, you know, in our minds, we make decisions and we stick with decisions, even though maybe the, you know, the logic is that maybe that decision isn't necessarily the correct decision today that it was five years ago. But, you know, there's, uh, it, it, I guess where I'm going with all this is it, and, and what, what do you call it? Behavioral, behavioral science or, or finance? Behavioral finance. But yeah, uh, yeah. Da- Daniel Kahneman wrote a, a very good book called thinking fast and slow. Okay. And, and the premise of this is when uh, decades of research um, at how people make decisions and it seems as though our brains think about when you drive a car, when you're driving a car, you don't think touch the brake, touch the gas, turn left, turn right, turn the blinker on. These things become automatic. Yep. So that's what happens with our decision-making is a lot of our decision-making is hardwired into our brain. So we automatically know the answer. So when I say financial advisor, you know what I do, you know what I am because you've already made that decision. And that's part of our process is trying to get through that static that, you know, that, that hardened attitude about, no, no, I already know this and making those quick decisions. Um, but that was the premise of the book is, is that there's two ways that we make decisions. And most of the time it's quick decision-making that hasn't had a lot of thought. So you haven't deeply thought out the issues. Well, it's so interesting. So, so I looked at the book here, it's called think again by Adam Grant. And exactly what you said, you know, I've only gotten through maybe a chapter or two, but he talks about how 
we've been led to believe that, you know, when we take tests, SAT tests, for example, right. and, and you've been taught that that first answer, you shouldn't go back and, and erase it and change it, right? You shouldn't rethink it. But yes. actually, the statistics show that those who do that perform better. In the I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah. Research. yeah. <laughs> so, and, and this guy, interesting background. So he was um, a, a Harvard grad and he and his, I guess, his two buddies were the ones that originally created the Facebook, you know, back then. Um, but he said that his vision of Facebook was was not anything close to, you know, the real Facebook. And, and um, you know, so he credits... Um, Oh, God. Oh, Facebook man. Mark Zuckerberg. Thank you, Zuckerberg. Um, but, you know, it, it's interesting, uh, you know, just just reading that that research and 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 as he talks about the whole the rethinking process that um, it just opens your eyes to. Wow. You know, when when you're just you know, you're dug into a decision to stop for a moment and go, well, Maybe I should be open to all the other information that's out there before I uh, really and, lock in on this, right? And when you think that, you realize how very difficult it is yeah. because we look for information that confirms what we believe. Yeah. We're yes. much more attracted to that information than the yeah. information that's against what we believe. Yeah. We discount it. Wow. Small world. It's funny we got into that topic. Uh, <laughs> how about that? So how about when it comes to hardship, life challenge? Doug, what comes to mind a period of time that you were challenged, you got through it, and now you can say, hey, I'm actually better because of that. I'm stronger. That's a real easy one, Charlie. <laughs> um, I'm an introvert by nature. And in a sales culture, that that is a hardship. Um, it's not that I, I hadn't been taught to sell a Eskimo freezer by the broker dealers. Um, but I had no, just had no desire at all to sell someone something so I could earn a buck. Um, my early days in the industry were spent with two of the largest broker dealers firms and you know, what they teach you are 90% sales and 10% product knowledge. And they leave the rest for you to figure it out. Um, being an analyst by nature, my first instinct was, okay, how do I learn as much as possible about helping people with their finances and not just how do I sell them a product? Um, so I learned what I could from the, those firms and then I moved on. And 15 years ago, I um, started my firm. And what I did is I took the the experiences that I had with two of these leaders in the industry um, but they were kind of diametrically opposed in how they their their corporate businesses were run. So I learned a lot from that. You know, I took the best of both worlds and with what I learned from the independent world and put it all into one and said, you know, I'm going to build a firm that that it just naturally attracts people that they see that this is in their best interest and there's going to be no barriers. So that was the goal, and, yeah. and it seems to have worked. Yeah, and it does. Good for you. How about one thing you wish our listeners knew about Finley Wealth Advisors? What would that be? Well, first thing would be more, let me just say as far as industry-wide, the biggest thing I would like people to know is, is almost anyone can call themselves a financial planner. So it does take some detective work to separate the, separate the good advisors from the good salespeople. 
Um, my firm was designed to do what's right for people in all at all times and all matters. Um, we have an extremely low level of client attrition. And I think that's because our relationships with clients really become like a family. We we've had at, at times, uh, four generations of the same family as clients. And that to me is, is about the biggest compliment I can get when I have the grandparents, the parents, the children, and the, and the grandchildren all right. under the same roof and, and taking care of them. Um, so that's ultimately is what I would wish people would know before they even walk through the door that there, there is a different format for receiving advice, financial advice, and that we do work in a way that puts them first in all times and all matters. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. So I know we have listeners who want to learn more, want to get in touch. What's the best way for them to do so? Our website's a great resource. We've put a lot of stuff on there for people to learn. Um, www.mywealthadvisor.com and uh, the choosing advisor, a financial advisor page gives people a lot of information about how the industry works, um, how to tell, separate the the good advisors from the salespeople and, and will lead them in the right direction. So. Well, terrific. Well, Doug, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. And I really uh, wish you the best going forward. You guys are doing great, great things and uh, really appreciate what you're doing in Southwest Florida here. Thanks, Charlie. It's great talking to you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.